welcome to Kindergarten Kiosk. You're here with Lindsay. And Kathy. (laughs) (laughs) This week we're going to be talking about... We're going to talk about the importance of oral language development. Cool. Since we're going to talk about oral language, let's listen to E and G as they practice a little bit. We're going to be pretending to talk to their stuffed animals. Okay, are you ready to to play a game with me? Yes. Okay. I'm play You're next. You're next. Okay, first. First, we're going to play with Bunny, okay? Okay. Okay. Hi, it's nice to meet you. I'm Little Bunny. Oh. What do you like to do? I like to talk in this microphone. You like to talk in the microphone? Yeah. What else do you like to do? I like to, I like to put... Do you like to play? Yes. What games do you like to play? I like to play this game. You do? I like to hop, hop, hop. Do you like to hop, hop, hop? I like to jump. You like to jump? Where do you like to jump? Over there. What's that called? That is called the forest. The forest? Yes. You like to jump in the forest? Yes. Say, I like to jump in the forest. I like to jump in the forest. (laughs) I like to do that too. All right, should we have your brother talk to me now? (laughs) Hi. Hi, my name is Frog. I says. That's his voice? Okay. Hi, my name is Froggy. <laughs> I'm your friend. Hi, I love you. I love you too. <laughs> what do you like to play outside? Well, walk on the rock. <gasps> you like to walk on the rocks? No, walk on the rock. You like to walk at, under rocks? At tree. Climb up around the deepest mountain. <gasps> you like to climb the highest mountain? Yeah, we have one outside. Say, I like to climb the highest mountain. I like to climb the highest mountain. <gasps> you have one outside? Yeah. It's the highest mountain? Yeah, it's so long. It's so long? It, it takes for me to get to the back. Of the backyard. It does? Do you have to use your strong muscles? No, I just have to walk. You have to walk? Yeah. And walk and walk and walk and walk and walk and walk and walk? Yeah, but if there's a wall on one of them, I just crush it with my hand. (gasps) You crush it with your hand? Yeah. How do you do that? I just do that. (laughs) (gasps) Oh my, does it hurt? No. It doesn't hurt when you go... When you punch, show me your punch again. (laughs) Whoa, that's a big punch. Can you say, that's a big punch? That's a big punch. (laughs) Now can I wear this and see what you say? Yeah, you can. So, Mom, you wanted to talk about oral language. Is that because you just got some new students? (laughs) Yes, (laughs) it is. (laughs) Yes, it is. Yes, it's because I got two adorable twins that do not speak a word of English, and their academics, you know, I had to pre-test them on everything, because, you know, that's the world we live on, <laughs> we live in. <laughs> you, had to te- you had to test them in English? I had to test them in English on all the English. academic skills, and of course, 
you know, they didn't do so hot. <laughs> okay, <laughs> they didn't do well at all. <laughs> in course, English. Yeah. In English. <laughs> and so I have them in my intervention group for 20 minutes that I'm working with just those two every day because we have a great intervention program that we probably should talk about sometime because it is a wonderful model that I think it, people might want to hear about. Should we talk so about anyway, it now or should we talk about it later? Well, first let's talk about oral language development. Okay, let's talk about oral language development. So I was working with them uh, yesterday and they don't know beginning sound or blending or segmenting. So all are rhyming. So all of the basics of Finnemigornis, they, they, they don't have in English. In English. And, and of course, you know, alphabet and visual things, they're, they're low in that too, which would be expected. And so here I am with these two new students, and it reminds me of the beginning of the year. It's just, it's that beginning of the year kindergarten overwhelming feeling that you get. <laughs> <laughs> the feeling you get every year at kindergarten, and you think kindergarten teaching is a lot like childbirth, if you remembered how painful it was. <laughs> if you remembered how painful it was, you would never do it again. <laughs> feeling some pain so I'm having that yes I'm having that feeling a little overwhelmed yeah I'm feeling like I'm having yeah I'm having a lot of overwhelming feelings (laughs) so what did you do did you just decide you're going to just back up and (laughs) focus on their oral language and well today I thought okay well let's start with beginning sound (laughs) you know adios Uh, 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 adios do it with me Ah, 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 adios. So what's the first sound of adios? Adios. <laughs> gato. Gato. What's the first sound of gato? Gato. <laughs> they looked at me like I was crazy. Um, there I am with my assignment. Because intervention, we work as a team with mm-hmm. students. And so we all have skills that or our assignment to work with. And so my my job with these two students of my own is to work on blending, beginning sounds, segmenting, rhyming. And I just was so overwhelmed, I did not even know what to do. So I just pulled out a drawer full of objects and decided maybe we should just work on some English words. Mm-hmm. And... That was excruciating as well because, you know, they do not know English. Mm-hmm. So the importance of oral language is huge. I think about all of the students who have struggled this year in my classroom and have struggled in, in the past in my classroom that are smart, bright students, but there's a deficit in their oral language development. So I think we should talk about it. All right. There's been a lot of research that shows that oral language is a pretty high indicator of future academic success, right? 
Well, right. And there's been lots of um, studies that have shown those number comparisons. And because I don't have the numbers right here, it's is something similar to like a child that's been read to and lived in a vocabulary enriched environment. Maybe they might come to kindergarten with 3,000 words. I'm just making these up. All right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> They'll come with 3,000 words and a student that you know, hasn't had those opportunities, might come with 300 words in their vocabulary. Mm -hmm. So right from the get-go, um, there's a giant discrepancy. And that discrepancy just begins to grow and grow more. And just like it does in every area of academics, the Matthew effect takes over. And the one just keeps learning at a higher rate, and the other one is learning at a lower rate, and the gap just gets wider and wider and wider. And so I think that kindergartens of the past, I think, did a lot better job with oral language development. Um, what teaching. do you mean? Why do you why do you think we were better in well, the past? Well, because I'm old and I taught. And, <laughs> <laughs> and what did you I, do that you don't? What did you do past. in the past? What did you do? What did you see in the past a long time ago when you taught the dinosaurs? <laughs> okay, is not, not happening that now. Old. <laughs> So when I first started my career, you know, the whole focus was reading stories, reading, 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 acting out the stories and all that fabulous uh, whole language stuff of the 90s that just... Well, but whole for, language wasn't fabulous entirely, for, so... Well, so yeah. the whole language... Well, let me finish talking. <laughs> okay. So you the finish. whole language had this whole fabulous, fabulous component. However, yeah, they forgot to teach phonics, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying that it's well, Just all. as long as you're not saying it was perfect, because... No, 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 no. I was clear going to it was say... Not. This is what I was going to say. Okay, what were you So back say? in the 90s, when whole language had its big hype, it had all that fabulous, fabulous language and oral development that just really was so good for kids. Now, whole language did teach, they did forget to teach phonics. <laughs> and so that's kind of why the empire of whole language crumbled, of course, rightfully so. Mm -hmm. But the thing that was so exciting about teaching then, and I don't even know if it was the oral language, it probably was the the lack of stress from tests, you know, <laughs> your yeah. kids. You... Well, that could, that would help. <laughs> At the end of the year, I had to turn in a paper, <laughs> handwritten, of course, because, you know, we didn't have computers. <laughs> mm -hmm. They just had how many, the students' name. You had hieroglyphics and. <laughs> it just had to say how many alphabet letters the kids knew at the end mm -hmm. of the year. That was all we did. At the end of the year, we turned in our lesson plan book, and a sheet that said Susie's name, and she knew 51 letters out of 52. But do you think you were really, I, I mean, it may have been better at teaching oral language accidentally, but I don't know that anybody was teaching oral language strategically then either. So No, I, you were strategically teaching it because that was the focus and that was all the hype and that's what all the professional development talked about. Was and language. that's what everyone did. I remember having these little bags that I would get out and I had like at a table and I'd put bags of objects at each table and the kids 
I'd give them 15 minutes to play with the objects, but they had to describe the objects to each Mm. other. And then at the end of that activity, they all had to come and choose one object to describe in front of the whole group. And it was just a lot of pointed things like that. And even in the curriculum, um, the old Hoot Mifflins of the past, Mm -hmm. that was big activities in the in the lesson for that day was a giant section a on giant oral language, language development. Mm-hmm. And you actually had time to talk. You know, like today, all these poor tuned little students who don't know a word of English are just like, <laughs> their eyes are like as big as saucers because <laughs> we go at, you know, the beginning of the year, it's like a slow pace because I don't want everybody to cry. <laughs> And, you know, this time of year is bam, 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 bam. And today was raining all day, and so we didn't even have recess. And, you know, I had so much to do that I didn't even stop for some free play because I thought, oh, yeah, I can catch up on this. I can catch up on that. I can catch up on this. And by the end of the day, my students um, looked at me like, are we going to have any recess today? (laughs) And you said no. no, no recess for no. you. Sadly, no. We had we have a lot of stuff we had to do today. And so anyway, and you just spent so much more time on everything. You you mm-hmm. took the time to look at objects and baggies. You took the time to, you know, now with the Common Core, you do close reads and you really work on talking about books and going through books and like the Wonders series that we use right now, it has one book. It does all week long, and mm-hmm. it just hammers that one book to death doing all those close read activities. And it has some good vocabulary activity, or, book. yeah, not really activities, vocabulary cards. So mm-hmm. you teach the kids the vocabulary. And so at the end of one week, you've taught one book and maybe three or four vocabulary words from that book. Well, back in the 90s, we read several books a day and mm-hmm. acted them out and did vocabulary and sang about them. And it was just a relaxed atmosphere. And so I think we just did a lot more talking. And kids were different then, too. They were me. <laughs> <laughs> they, they were you. Well, for example, I've got a student that all he wants to talk about is Minecraft. Just Minecraft, 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 oh, Minecraft. My, my kids aren't like that at all. They, uh, no. Uh, n- Today no. we painted a moon, and it turned out adorable, except for his, the kid who's just obsessed with Minecraft. Was his he a painted, square? He painted a square moon, <laughs> and he did, he did it out of blocks. <laughs> well, that's creative. It's creative, and it but was fabulous, a little bit but it was single-minded. So, it was single-minded minded and limited in oh, the vocabulary no. because before it, we did a lot about pre-teaching about the moon and the craters and all the, that stuff so that maybe they could, you know, take some of that vocabulary and use, use it, it in, in their art. As they expressed, to express their art. But no, he made a Minecraft movie. <laughs> he just he didn't care about all that scientific stuff you told him. No. It's more important to make a Minecraft moon. That's not something my kid would do at all. No, he probably would be proud of this other kid's moon. (laughs) So how do you fit oral language in? 
I mean, you make it sound impossible. You've got me feeling <laughs> a little depressed. Well, you got to know that I've had a rough two days with these <laughs> yeah, new adorable. Did I say they are adorable <laughs> students? They really are. And I'm so excited to have them because I love teaching Spanish-speaking kids. One thing is my Spanish-speaking fluent husband has let me down. I've texted him like 900 times. Please come over and talk to these kids. Please come. I had to, I had to even get out that translator on my phone that, you know, you talk to him and it translates it very poorly in Spanish. Very poorly for you. So anyway, yeah, I've had some rough days, but... I think that you, it's just like everything else. You have to be strategic. Like, for example, in, in my intervention hour with these students, I could have just beat myself up all day and did blending activity, blending activity, blending activity. and Or I could do what I did and just bagged it all and pulled out the container of objects and let them play with the objects while we talked about what they were. Mm-hmm. And I, one thing I did also, because I had them for 15 minutes and then I had them another 15 later during that intervention hour. And so I got out the Beanie Babies for the alphabet animals and we just played with those animals and talked about what animal it was and tried to learn the English names. Because how can I set the anchor of the alphabet with students who do not even know what those animals are? Mm-hmm. And so you just have to, it's like everything else we teach. We want to go forward and we want to, you know, move to the end without setting that strong foundation. Right. Do you do the oral language activity where you build a sentence based on an object? Because I always thought that was a fun one. Well, tell me about it. Well, you have a bag of objects like you had before and... You, the, the group of kids picks one of them that you want to make a sentence about. And so let's say you pick a tiger and you say, this is a tiger. And they all say tiger. And what would the tiger do? The tiger might run. And so the next thing they say is run. Um, or you pick a, the first child says the tiger. And then the next child says runs. And then you say, where would the tiger run? Or why would the tiger be running? Or something like that. And then the the last child would say, in the jungle. And so the first child says, the tiger. And the next child says, runs. And the next child says, in the jungle. And then you write it down on the board if you want to and point to the words, the tiger runs in the jungle. And then you pick another object. This is a sheep. What would the sheep do? The sheep eats grass. In the field, something like that. I always thought that one was fun. Yeah, that's a cute one. That's a fun one. Or you take the object and you put it somewhere, like on top of your filing cabinet, and say that the bunny is on top of the filing cabinet. Everybody say that with me. The bunny is on top of the filing cabinet, or you put it under their desk. The bunny is under the desk. But you just take the concrete objects that they're playing with and then strategically teach them how to talk about it. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah, I have, I have actually, I have a, a packet of oral language activities. I was just looking at that today. You were? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, th- I need to see what it is. Does it have one, the one that's like that? 
Where, I don't know. Where it's the action card. I have one that's... Um, I have one that you have the pile of Beanie Baby animals and then a pile of action cards like run, jump, sit, hop. And so then they pick an animal and an action and they have to say, the cow can hop, the (laughs) cat can sit. And that's a really fun one. And then I've got another one in that packet called Police Artist that's really fun and they have to... They have to choose a card and can't show it to you. It's kind of a twist of Pictionary. And they have to look at the card and they have to describe it, and you draw it as they're describing it. And that one is really fun. That sounds fun. Now, my ELL little girls are not going to be able to do that. No, they're not ready for that yet. They're not ready for that stage, but I have kids that now, um, you know, started the year like them. And mm-hmm. they now have enough English or enough development in their or a language window that that would be a game that I need to pull out because they would really love it. And I haven't I haven't done it yet this year. Well, that's the kind of thing we need to do with these kids who don't have oral language because the kids who don't have rich language have developed a language that's based on directions and commands. Because that's the kind that's the most basic level of language. And so providing them richer experiences of descriptions and questions and comments and I'm trying to think of more <laughs> adjectives than I get, but that's the kind of language that they are missing, right? Yeah, they are. They know the the come come right nows and they you know, they Bonos. know all those things because Yeah, so they get a lot of that for sure. I just went, while we're talking about oral language, I keep thinking about when my second child wasn't speaking and the, somebody came to evaluate him and was, and just told me, just, you just gotta say that, say words over and over and over until he gets them. When you're going up the stairs, just walk up the stairs going, we're going up, 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 up. Up, up, up. <laughs> now we're going down the stairs. Down, 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 <laughs> down, down. And I just think about the weeks that I spent talking like that <laughs> until he finally started talking. Would you like a cracker? Cracker, 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 cracker. <laughs> and that was fabulous because it really did work. But now well, that I know that child more, he was just <laughs> being stubborn. <laughs> <laughs> he well, just wanted does. to see how much he could make you do before he decided to say a word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds a little bit like him, yeah. But I think that it's really important that you take that same concept and use it with the ELL students or lower uh, vocabulary students in your classroom is a lot of repetitive speech. One thing they got really quickly was lunch. <laughs> they got on to lunch quick. Yeah. Well, like you said before, that they, they will pick up the imperative words because they will need to, but they may not pick up the richer language if we don't do something. And that's one thing that in PSYOP, uh, the that's training, the Sheltered Instructional Observational Protocol. Yeah, I love PSYOP the Sheltered Instructional Observation Protocol. I just love it. And it really talks about academic language. I 
when our district, my old district, was doing um, workshops on that, I had to teach a lesson and I got videoed for it. I wish I knew where that video was. I'd love to have that Me now. Me too. But I had to teach a lesson and set up all the vocabulary in a real rich, rich way for the ELL kids to do it. And that lesson was really fun. And by the end of the lesson, I think that the kids really understood the story a lot more because what I had did a you lot do? of visuals. What? Tell, tell us what you did. Well, it was the book To Town by Joy Callie. Mm-hmm. And so the first thing I did was I got a pogo stick and mm-hmm. showed them what a pogo stick was because a pogo stick is a big part of that story. Mm-hmm. And then I talked about towns and then showed pictures. I went around our town and took pictures of things in our town like McDonald's and Walmart and so, uh, anyway, I ran around town and took pictures, and I took pictures of all the restaurants and the Walmart and, like, the pharmacy and the park and anywhere I thought my students would have gone. I went around and took pictures of, like, three or four churches in the neighborhood and, and the hospital and the doctor's office, and, and then so I just held all that up and talked about all these places in town. And then different ways we ride to town. And so then I had models of a van, and I had models of a a bicycle, and I had models of a car and a motorcycle. And so then we we kind of played a game of how to how of like going from place to place in these vehicles. And then I read the story. And so they kind of had an idea before we read the story about it. And it was really fun to do, and all the kids enjoyed it because we had a lot of language and we had a lot of exchange and talked about it. And then I had my kids actually for homework make a model of somewhere in town and then bring it, and we made a map. And if you go to our website and you do a search for map of our town, you might see it. It's um, I know it's on Pinterest. Those are hard to find on Pinterest. <laughs> but it, it turned out so fun, and the kids mm-hmm. just loved it. And it, was, it had a lot of language because kids like to talk about their own towns. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a fun one. Well, another great way to develop oral language is through finger plays and through songs. Kids can develop a lot of vocabulary through singing, and the melody provides a scaffold for them to use language they might not otherwise be able to use, right? Right. Well, one thing I really like to use to teach just that, what you've talked about with music, is it's a program called Singlish, Mm -hmm. and it's singlish.com. And it's something I found years and years ago at some conference in San Antonio, Texas. (laughs) (laughs) And I bought it there, and I've used it every day. So I've had it, that was probably 20 years ago. And well, I've used it every day. I can't tell anything else really that I've used every day for <laughs> the last 20 years of my career. So I think it was $99 well spent. And it comes with the posters and the CDs. And it's they have several different volumes. One volume is on nursery rhymes. And one volume that I really love is the holiday one, mm-hmm. and it's got traditional holiday songs, and then it's got one on um, folk tales. So it has like old Dan Tucker and all those. They're old all based songs. on traditional songs, right? They are. They're all based on traditional American songs. I've seen the songs in iTunes. How do you use them in your classroom? 
Do you use them as a shared? I have a song of the of day. Activity? You have a song of the day. Mm, a song of the day. I just have that part of my morning meeting. Mm-hmm. Is I just have one of those posters up and we sing the song. And if it's a more complex song, then I'll keep it up all week and add you know another song and maybe have two songs of the week. Mm-hmm. But the kids love it, and they look forward to it. And then I put the posters that we sing over in my uh, poetry center, and they love getting them out and using the pointer and singing those songs. And I really have noticed that the Spanish kids really, really love Singlish because they, even though they don't know what they're singing, they quickly um, hear that language and and connect it with the pictures. So anyway, tomorrow, I guess what I'm going to do is I'm going to use your idea and I'm going to get out my little animals and some action cards and um, I'm just going to work on vocabulary because where I know what research has told me is oral language is key to student success. So why am I going to knock myself out trying to teach skills that they're not ready for Mm -hmm. when the most important thing I can do for them right now is build their language. I think that's a good plan. You should go with that plan. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. Well, thank you for listening, everybody, and thank you to bensound.com for our music. If you've enjoyed listening to us, then you should visit us on iTunes and rate and review us and subscribe. And you can always visit us at our website, which is kindergartenkiosk.com. <laughs> Bye, Mom. See you, everyone. See ya.